Shout out to Covenant Eyes for sponsoring this season of the podcast. Covenant Eyes has helped more than 1.5 million people find freedom from porn. Check out the link in the description to sign up and use the code ROSE at checkout to get 30 days free. Also want to give a big shout out to the supporters of this show. I would not be able to keep creating Bible-based productivity content without the help of people like you. So thank you. And if you're getting value out of this show, my newsletter, videos, or other productivity resources, consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity. You can do so through giving a one-time or recurring donation at redeemingproductivity.com donation, or by joining the Redeeming Productivity Patreon at patreon.com slash redeemingprod. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, I am delighted to be back here with you again for season six of the podcast. We took a little break there for a bit so I could work on relaunching my Redeeming Productivity Academy, which many of you joined. And so welcome to the new members. Um, Redeeming Productivity Academy is my membership program. It's just a really fun way to get more of productivity from a Christian perspective, really dig in uh, into topics like goal setting, topics like morning routines, all of that good stuff, alongside other people like yourself. And you also support Redeeming Productivity by being a part of that. So thanks to everyone who joined. Thanks also to my patrons and to everybody who listens. It is honestly the privilege of a lifetime that I get to write and talk and teach about the topic of productivity from a biblical worldview full time. And that is thanks to people like you who listen and support the show. So thank you for that. Another thing to keep your eyes peeled for is my book, which is coming out in October, Lord Willing, with Moody Publishers. It, the book's going to be called Redeeming Productivity. Uh, getting more done for the glory of God. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'll have some more info when the book gets closer to being done. But I, for my part, I think I'm pretty much done with it. It's in the hands of the publisher and we're just kind of going through those final phases before it comes out. So I'm really excited about the book and it'll be a lot more uh, in the coming months about that for you guys. And I'm also excited about this season. Season six we're on here and got some interesting guests lined up for you. Uh, the next episode after this one is going to be with uh, Marcy Farrell of The Thankful Homemaker. So we're going to be talking about productivity as it relates to full-time homemakers. I'm really excited about that one. It was an awesome conversation. So make sure if you're not subscribed, if someone sent that to you, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And if you are so inclined, uh, leave a review of the podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or somewhere else that allows review, leaving a review helps other people discover the podcast and it gives me the warm fuzzies inside, which is really the main reason I want you to leave a review. All right, so let's get into this week's episode. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about leveraging your unique giftings, okay? So how to identify and leverage your unfair productivity advantages. And really what I'm talking about is what are the ways that God has uniquely gifted you and how do you identify those giftings and actually make use of them so that your efforts, so that the work that you do with your life is taking most advantage of the unique way God designed you. There are things that only you can do. There's only one you and that one you uh, has some special ways in which God's created 
you to glorify him. And so I think it's really important that as Christians, we figure out what are the, what are the special things about us and how do we best use those. It's so easy sometimes to look at what other people have to envy their gifts, their talents, and yeah, really honestly be jealous about it when in fact God has designed each of us uniquely in a special way to give him glory in a way that nobody else can. And so instead of trying to avoid those things and try to try to um, go after uh, other people's strengths, I think instead we need to be looking at the strengths God's given us and stewarding those strengths so that God is glorified through our lives. Um, So one of the frameworks I use when I talk about productivity is the five pillars of Christian productivity. In fact, I was mentioning my courses earlier. If you haven't tried it, this course is actually free. I have one called the five pillars of Christian productivity. If you just go to my website, redeemingproductivity.com, you can take that for free. It kind of just gives you a basic philosophical, biblical framework for how we think about work and personal productivity as Christians, according to God's word. And the fourth pillar in that framework is the source of our productivity. How is the source of a Christian's productivity different from the world? And I argue that the source of our productivity or the power to be productive comes from God. It's not about self-discipline. It's not about, you know, getting some power from within. It's about being empowered for service by God himself. That's really where our productivity comes from. And so specifically what I want to talk about today is how God has made you to glorify him. And I think a lot of times productivity minded people, we do focus on what we don't have, right? Um, we, we, I think that's a natural byproduct of ambition. Ambitious people are always striving, looking for the next thing. You want to get more, you want to find more success, you want to refine yourself. Uh, so you're always reaching for the next thing. Be- and because of that, we primarily focus a lot of our attention on improving weaknesses. And while I think it's a good thing, obviously, to want to get better where we fall short, the, the downside of that mindset is that it can cause us to underestimate and undervalue the unique strengths that God has given us. And so instead of flourishing in our strengths and in our giftings, a lot of times we spend our time wishing we had so-and-so's giftings instead. And that is a mistake. And that's really what I want to argue today. And so what, what we're thinking about here is what are your unfair productivity advantages? There's a, there's a book that came out a couple of years ago called The Unfair Advantage by Hassan Hoba and Ash Ali. And they argue in that book, basically what I'm saying here is you need to think a lot about what the strengths you already have are. Instead of only focusing on improving weaknesses, you need to think what are, what are the cross sections of skills that you have that are unique to you? For example, I've thought a lot about this concept in terms of natural giftings and natural interests in creating the ministry redeeming productivity, right? I I am a student of the word of God. I love studying God's word. And I've also always really enjoyed productivity literature and thinking about self-improvement. And so redeeming productivity really is this cross section of two interests that I have. And it made this third thing, this biblical productivity movement. And so I talk and teach and enjoy making content around this subject because it really, really interests me. But that's unique to me. Not everyone has those two interests. 
and and add to that that because God in his providence gave me opportunities throughout my life to develop skill sets in making videos and audio recording in uh, social media and, and marketing some of those things that when I decided that, hey, I wanted to try talking about and teaching on productivity full time, I already had a lot of the the tools I already needed. And so I'm able to to leverage those quote unquote unfair advantages to make this thing that I really enjoy doing, that I really do believe is helping people, all because I, I focused on the things that I already could do well, that God had already gifted me in, okay? Now, what if I had decided, you know what, I want to get into personal finance. There's nothing wrong with personal finance, but one, I don't really have any interest in it, and two, I have zero skills in it. I keep a budget, and that's about as far as my finance skills go, Um but if I tried to do that and said, well, it's a weakness, I'll just work on that weakness, I would not flourish in that. And I'm certain I probably wouldn't enjoy it either. And so this is true of natural abilities. And that's what the, the authors of that book, The Unfair Advantage, argue. And what I want to argue is that this is true of our spiritual giftings as well, or ought to be. As I think of it, true productivity is about bearing the fruit of good works for the glory of God. That's how Christians should think about it. What am, what am I doing? What am I productive in? Bearing good works, good fruit for God. Why am I doing it? For the glory of God. And we do this by the power of God. That's what the source thing is all about. And so the power to produce the fruit of good works in our jobs or in your home, your church or your neighborhood, it's not going to be found in this technique or that system. It's found in the sufficient grace provided to us in Jesus Christ. You know, second Corinthians nine, eight, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. How encouraging is that? God has given us what we need. He's given us the power. He has imbued us with the abilities to serve him. We already have what we need to be productive, according to God's word, for his glory. And that's super encouraging. And what's neat about that is, unlike the world's take on productivity, your life isn't about you becoming the strongest or the smartest or the hardest working person. It's actually about drawing on God's power to serve others and bring him glory. And God has faithfully outfitted us for this task. And so this comes through many things, grace, through, through prayer, through uh, purpose, he gives it, etc. But one big way that God has created you to be productive in a unique way is through your spiritual gifts. And your spiritual gifts are your unfair productivity advantage. They're one of the unique ways that God has gifted you to be productive in good works. And that's really good news. Um, you may have a lot of natural giftings. Maybe you're gifted in intelligence. Maybe you're good at basketball or, or number crunching. And you should steward those for sure. But your spiritual gifts are different. And I think our spiritual gifts should have a massive bearing on where we focus our productive efforts where, you know, you talk about the Pareto principle, the 80, 20 rule, right? That uh, 80% of the results come from 20% of the inputs. And so the idea is you should focus most of your attention on those things that produce the most results. What I think is that for Christians, if, if the result that we're aiming for productively, ultimately is living a life that best glorifies God, 
And we understand that the way we do that is being fruitful in good works for him done in his power. Then doesn't it make sense that we would leverage and lean into the unique way God has spiritually empowered us as individuals, namely through our unique spiritual gifts. And so I think spiritual gifts should have a massive bearing on where you focus your productive efforts. Now for a word from this season's sponsor. One of the most unproductive things you can do is allow sin to have a foothold in your life. And in our digital age, it's easier than ever to give in to that temptation. Covenant Eyes offers two apps that give you one simple path to victory. First, the Covenant Eyes sensor app operates in the background of your devices, monitoring them for concerning activity and blocking explicit content. Second, the Victory app provides your ally with the most up-to-date information about your online activity. If explicit activity is detected, an alert will pop up encouraging them to contact you. The Victory app is also full of resources and courses to help you grow in your battle against lust. And Covenant Eyes gives you the tools you need to make the right decision when you're tempted online. Covenant Eyes has helped more than 1.5 million people find freedom from porn, and maybe it can help you too. Just go to CovenantEyes.com and use the code ROSE, that's R-O-S-E, at checkout to try it free for 30 days. So here's just some some facts about spiritual gifts. There's, depends who you ask, but there's around seven lists in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, some of them have to do with certain offices in the church, like in uh, Ephesians 4.11, it talks about apostles, prophets, and teachers. Um, others are more general, like Romans 12, 6 through 8, which deals with giftings. Some of them are like exhorting, giving, leading, uh, mercy, or 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, which includes speaking and serving gifts, or 1 Corinthians 12, which talks about wisdom, knowledge, faith, discernment, and helping, right? And so the idea is with all these different lists, it seems that the the lists of spiritual gifts that we read about in the Bible are not exhaustive. It doesn't you couldn't add up all these lists and say, these are the only spiritual gifts. They seem to be um, representative of the types of spiritual gifts that God gives us. So that's helpful. That's instructive as we think through um, these are the kinds of ways God gifts individual Christians. So that's important. Um, also, a distinction that is helpful is some lists include what we might call sign gifts. So, you know, a lot of times when you talk about spiritual gifts, people's minds immediately jump to the gifts of tongues, um, prophecy, or gift of healing, right? And I, I am a cessationist, which means I don't believe that those gifts have continued past the establishment of the early church. Um, I think that they were unique to the early church era and their miraculous nature was given to the church at that time to authenticate the new revelation that was being given through the apostles. But um, even so, this is something that that I think sometimes gets lost in this whole thing. Even the uh, non-miraculous or sign spiritual gifts are still supernatural. The sign gifts put on a bigger show, the tongues, you know, healing people, all those things, those in the early church, those put on a big show. And it's like, wow, those, those are really impressive. Those are really neat. But what can get lost is that all spiritual gifts are supernatural in their origin. All of them are supernatural. They may not look externally miraculous, but they do come from 
God. And that's really amazing. So don't overlook spiritual gifts just because they're not as flashy as we see kind of, you know, displayed in some of the, the exciting stuff that's happening in the book of Acts. They're supernatural and you've been equipped with them to serve God. And so I think we would be remiss if, if we talk about personal productivity, we think about how do I use my life to best glorify God? And you just completely overlook, hold on, God's like equipped you to glorify him with superpowers, namely the, the spiritual gifts is what I mean. Another thing that's important to note about spiritual gifts is that they are more than talents. They're more than natural abilities. Um, you know, it's, it's like I mentioned before, it's not like, oh, you happen to be tall so you can reach stuff on the, uh, on the top shelf. That's your spiritual gift. You can, uh, you can get down the Christmas dishes <laughs> because you can reach the cabinets above the fridge. That's not a spiritual gift. That's just a natural thing. Or for example, some people are naturally uh, more intelligent. You know, they're very good at school. They're very good at problem solving. And that's great. That's still a gift um, providentially, you know, that God has given you, whether through um, your your uh, genetics or, you know, nature versus nurture, doesn't matter, but it's not a spiritual gift. So there's a difference between a natural gift and a spiritual gift. And what's really cool is the Holy Spirit apportions spiritual gifts to us uniquely. And check out 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. How cool is that? Each, each person, each individual member of the body of Christ, if you're a Christian, the same Holy Spirit who dwells within every believer, who dwells within you, has apportioned a spiritual gift to you as he wills. I just I think reflect on that for a little bit, how cool it is. God has chosen specifically how he's going to outfit you to bring him glory with your life. Your spiritual giftings were hand-picked by God. He equipped you to glorify him in a unique way that only you can do. And so instead of always looking over your shoulder or looking, you know, oh, what, how is that person gifted? Oh, that person's more talented than me. That person can do this. I wish I can do that. And focusing all your attention on your weaknesses I think there's real wisdom in, in zeroing in on what are the things I already have? If the objective of my productivity is to bring God the most glory with my life, then man, shouldn't I focus on the way that God has equipped me to glorify him uniquely? And that's where your spiritual gifts come in. So we live uh, near Detroit and, you know, it's Motor City. And so there's this awesome museum that we're actually members of. It's called the Henry Ford Museum. And we go there all the time. And my son, he's three, he absolutely loves it. And one of the things he loves is the car section of the museum. Now, it's not all cars. You would think, oh, it's Henry Ford. It's all cars. It's not all cars. It's like the history of industrialization. The museum is massive. If you ever get a chance, if you're ever in Dearborn, Michigan, go to the Henry Ford. But um, one of the things he loves is the car exhibit because they have so many different interesting cars. And uh, we were there, I don't know, maybe it was a couple of months ago and he saw a drag racer, right? Like a really, one of those really long cars with the two big wheels on the back. And it's just like long, 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 long and pointy. And he laughed. He said, look at that silly car. And I remember thinking it is a silly car. If you think of a drag racer, it is a silly car because you wouldn't drive that on the road. That would be silly. 
But the Drag Racer is not a silly car when you consider that it is custom designed for one very specific task. A drag racing car is made to be the fastest it can be on a short track. And I think that the, the same thing can be true of us and how we think about our spiritual gifts. You have been supernaturally prepared for a very specific calling. And, and, and your unique giftings uh, supernaturally through your spiritual gifts and even your natural gifts, all those combine those things that make you you were designed by God so that you could glorify him in a super unique way. And so if you do try to pursue these other endeavors where, where, where you're not really suited for it, you know, you're, maybe you're not gifted um, to teach the word, for example, and you're more gifted in administration, right? And you're constantly trying to, trying to, to take on teaching things. Everyone's saying, ah, you know, that's, that was pretty good. I think you're improving. But the truth is you're not actually gifted in that. Well, what happens is you're, you're neglecting the thing that you are gifted in. And you're like uh, one of those drag racers driving out on the main roads, looking ridiculous, right? We, we need to lean into the things that we've been called and equipped to do. And by so doing that, you will be more productive in glorifying God with your life. One more thing that's important to note about spiritual gifts is that they are for serving. They are for serving. Uh, so what do we do with our spiritual gifts? Well, we serve others. First Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Isn't that interesting? You know, I talk a lot about steward, that productivity for the Christian is basically stewardship. Here's Peter saying the same thing. We are stewards of God's varied grace. So I'm a steward of this gift. Whatever your spiritual gifts are, you, you, you are charged to steward them well. But, but he notes this, each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So it seems that the, the, the focus and the point of spiritual gifts is serving others, which is really where our good works come out, the thing that we're to be fruitful in. And, and so if you want to be a good steward, if you want to glorify God, spiritual gifts are where it's at. You start here, focus on this. And it seems like that the primary place that we steward these gifts are within the church body. When you read about using the gifts uh, in the New Testament, it's, it's always in the context of, of among the body of believers, right? Except for maybe evangelism, which deals with, with um, uh, people outside of the church. But even that, you know, there's an equipping aspect to it. But I do think that our spiritual gifts can also serve a secondary purpose by helping us to determine where we focus our producti productive efforts, not just within the church, but outside as well. How am I going to serve others with this life productively for the glory of God? Well, a great place to look is what are my strengths? And some of your strengths are your spiritual gifts. And I would argue your most important strengths are your spiritual gifts. And so I'm convinced that you will find the most fulfilling work uh, and provide the most value to the world and to the mission of glorifying God if you take all of your giftings into account, including your spiritual gifts. And so I'll say it again, your spiritual gifts are your unfair productivity advantage. Don't neglect them. Okay. You say, all right, I, I, I get it. I'm convinced Reagan. Uh, I want to use my spiritual gifts, but 
okay, where do I begin? How do I identify my spiritual gifts? How do I leverage these unfair productivity advantages so that I can glorify God the most with my life? Well, let me give you just three pieces of advice. The first one is know your gifts. To use your spiritual gifts, you got to know what they are. And, uh, you know, there's these tools that are like a spiritual gift inventory. Those can be helpful, I think. Um, but I, I, it tends to me, it just seems like, you know, it, it, this, it, you discover your spiritual gifts more organically than like filling out a Scantron sheet. Um, but I, again, I, I don't think those are bad. I just think more likely you're going to discover them through serving, through trying different things. So, so if you want to know your gifts, if you're not sure what some of your spiritual gifts are, um, a good place to start is as you read through some of these passages on spiritual gifts, are there any that jump out to you that seem like, Hey, I think that might be me. I think that it does seem that I, I have a tendency toward those things to excel in, in helping others or in teaching or administration or, or one of these things. So, so, okay, maybe that's it. Uh, another way is, are, are there gifts that your elders or your pastors at your church affirm in you? And they say, hey, you know, um, you seem to really be good at this. So they keep asking you to do similar things. And, and that kind of resonates with you. Uh, another thing is obviously just pray. Well, <laughs> Lord, what are my, help me to understand my spiritual gifts. Uh, you know, the scriptures say that if you ask anything according to God's will, you know, you have it. It also says that um, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And so your, your, your request to know your spiritual gifts so you can better serve God is perfectly aligned with his will because he wants you to serve him. And so he wants you to know your spiritual gifts and it's aligned with wisdom because he wants you to understand so that you can serve him better. So pray for clarity. Lord, what are my spiritual gifts? Help me to identify them. Help me to know what they are so I can better serve you. Um, and then really, I think the biggest one is just try serving in different ways. Uh, this is how I discovered that um, I had a, a gift for teaching was because uh, a wonderful youth pastor, Mark Butler. Hey, Mark. Uh, he gave me opportunities to teach even in middle school to do little devotionals and things like that. And over time, I discovered that I was gifted in this area. If I had never tried that, if I hadn't been encouraged to do that, I wouldn't. How would I have identified that? I would have never known. So um, try different things and you will discover it. So the first thing is know your gifts. The second one is use your gifts like a filter. So if you want to leverage your spiritual gifts, you, you, should, you should use them like a filter. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you start to see that you're particularly gifted in one way or another, <laughs> try to use that to narrow down where you're going to focus your time, where you're going to spend your productive efforts. I think it's one of these interesting things in this world of endless options, we can quickly become paralyzed by the analysis paralysis, as it's called. And there's this myriad of choices. What job should I do? Where should I live? Uh, should I work on this or should I work on that? And all these choices in our age can be a blessing and also a curse. And, you know, because we can be like, well, what good are all these endless options if they make it impossible for us to actually choose what course we're going to take? And so we need filters. And I think our strengths and particularly our spiritual gifts are a wonderful filter to say, okay, what kind of job do I want to do? What are the things that I'm gifted in? You know, the same way you might say I, I'm not with natural giftings. You might say I, I'm mechanically inclined. Oh, maybe you should look into, you know, engineering or you say I'm good with numbers. Well, maybe you should look into accounting in the same way. Why don't we do that with our spiritual gifts? If you're good at teaching, then teach. If you're gifted in administration, then find opportunities to administrate. 
um, first with the church, obviously, but also consider how you might bring that into your work and into your home. Or if you're gifted in hospitality, again, first serve the church with that, but also try to find ways you might do meaningful work in ministry in the world by serving others and making them feel at home. Seek out opportunities to utilize your gifts. Be proactive in your work, in your neighborhood, in your church, and in your home. And if you have a gift, just don't don't wait to be asked to use it. Obviously, don't like, you know, <laughs> assert yourself and, and be like, oh, now I will take over. Don't do that. But But be proactive to say, hey, I think I'm gifted in this way. Is there any place I could serve and use this? Sometimes we can feel, you know, a little presumptuous when we offer ourselves to be used in a certain way, like we're bragging or stepping on line or something. But, but offering to use your gifts is part of stewarding them well. That's part of being, part of being a good steward of your gifts is being proactive and finding ways to use them. So in conclusion, if you want to redeem productivity, you really do need to leverage your unfair advantages. Make use of all that God has given you. It's, it's not just a good idea to do that. If you were specifically designed to glorify God in a specific way and you've been outfitted for it, man, you really you really owe it to yourself and you owe it to the Lord to identify those strengths and really utilize them well so that your life can glorify God in the way it was specifically designed to. Well, thanks for listening, and I will see you again here next time. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. For more productivity from a Christian worldview, check out my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup. Every Thursday, I share an insight along with the five best links I found that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's totally free. Just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com.